Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's about time for True Crime. Ooh, hey. How are you guys doing on this very lovely Thursday? Uh, are the trees changing? Are the apples crisper? Ooh. Are the ghosts spookier? Do you know what you're going for as Halloween? Oh my gosh. I know what I'm going for as Halloween. Ooh. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh my <laughs> good God. Um, Impossible. Do you guys have like a Friendsgiving planned? Are you just coughing all over me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold on. It's almost the weekend. That's uh, all, that's, that's all it is. That tis all it tis. Tis what it is. Tis. So um, I'm anyway. recouping from your case from Tuesday. Be honest with you. Yeah, it was, it was freaking rough. That was, was just good. start to finish. Um, Well told. Thank you. But also really, really horrible. Yes. And just um, gut wrenching. Which is why we're here. It's true. It's true, but at least sometimes there's, like, something weird that you want to, like, poke out. Like, oh, the little psychologist in my brain thinks this is an interesting case study, but mm-hmm. that just sucked. So, Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, I'm glad we're moving on. I'm glad we talked about it, but I'm glad we're moving on. Yes, I'm, I'm glad we didn't make that, like, a two-parter. No, that would have been rough. Um, that would have been a lot. So... I'm hoping to go into some spoop soon. And Allie and I. (laughs) Not today. Not today. But Allie and I, you guys, we are planning on doing some funky New England spoopy things this fall and sharing. So stay tuned for that. But also, uh, if you have anything like, I don't know, the Salem witch trials you might want to hear about or something else that just you hear it and you're like, ooh, that feels like New England in the fall us with it we might be able to go like literally physically go oh no i I fully want to go i want to go see and do all the spoop so yes we'll certainly be doing some of the spook we're going to be going to some places but since it's all you know it's new england everything's like an hour drive away from each other just let us know maybe we can do something you're curious about we want to go we really do we want to see all the eerie spoopy stuff it's true um so yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on. How's your week been? Uh, it's going. Yeah, it's going. Gearing up. Uh, see, to me, like Halloween is fun, but like I like everything leading up to Halloween. Actually, Halloween is like, eh. Yeah. But then, holiday time. I'm just so excited. Yes, I love I love fall activities and festivities. And if you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall, this is your sign to go watch it right now. It is the cutest little animated short ever i'm not usually a big like animated tv person i get over it for this i love this um it's very cute very short it was on cartoon network and it's like 12 episodes might be 10 but they're all like 10 minutes long so together it's like the length of a long movie Hmm. and my friend seth and i would like mull some ciders and sit and watch it and uh, my friend Haley showed it to me so it was very fun um very cute and very autumnal you should go watch it but otherwise i'm the same way like halloween is fun for me but i'm not like a halloween person i don't feel like i'm really a a holiday person like it's fun i like it but there's nothing that i'm like yeah like i can't wait for this although (laughs) i do like christmas but i don't think that's anything is like that so i just like i don't know like corn mazes and being cold at night but warm during the day and i don't know i like long sleeve weather 
Yeah. I like like sweatshirt and legging. Yeah. Weather. It's kind of my favorite. Like little scarves. I know it's like the whitest white girl you could, but literally any fuzzy slippery shoes, mm-hmm. leggings, an oversized sweatshirt. Pumpkin spice latte. I said it. I, I said hate it. it. I love it. Ooh. I know you hate pumpkin. It's your prerogative. It's not mine. You can't box me into hating nutmeg. <laughs> um, the smell, like I will always get like pumpkin candles and things, but actually like the taste of pumpkin flavored or like yeah. like pumpkin cookies or things like that just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. See, I like real pumpkin and I like the Starbucks pumpkin spice, which is like without a doubt just nutmeg and mm-hmm. like maybe pumpkin pie spice mixed in there. Um, but I'm really picky when it comes to fake pumpkin. And then normal pumpkin, I'm fine. So, like, pumpkin bread, cookies, all that is fine. But, mm -mm. Yeah, I'm banana bread all the way. If you're going to have, like, a something else in a bread, it's got to be a banana bread. I like banana bread. I love a banana bread with chocolate chips. Mm. I also love a zucchini bread with chocolate chips. Mm. I also love chocolate chips. Um, Yes, and just the chocolate. And bread. And chips. Yep. (laughs) And chocolate. Really, it's all around a good thing. Um. No, I'm just thinking about bread. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to distract you with um, a pretty intense case that you know nothing about. Love it. I mean, I don't love it, but like, thank you for the distraction. Uh, Tell me all about it. Tell you all about it. So you guys already know more about this case than Abby does because you read the title. I don't even know what that is yet. But Abel Dabbleson does not (laughs) even know the title. It's true. Y'all are a step ahead of her. So... We're going to be talking about the murder of Connie DeBate mm. and the Fitbit that helped solve the case. Oh my gosh, Nancy Drew. Yes, sort of, kind of. Love it. It's a little it's a little intense. Okay. Um so I really like New England cases. Yes. And you covered one in Maine with the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. I just did one out of New Hampshire with the um, Mont Vernon home invasion. Mm-hmm. This one's out of Connecticut. Okay. So we're kind of moving our way through New England states of having a case. I mean, Massachusetts, there's a, there's a ton of them. Yeah. Rhode Island, I might have to do some research on. And Vermont's got to have something. Oh, Vermont. I'm Listen, there's so many woods up there. I'm sure there's something. It has to be. So we're slowly meandering our way through. But um, this one is actually recent. Okay. We have jumped only a little bit back to 2015 when we're talking about like the... The main part of the story here. Oh, damn. Okay. I remember 2015. Mm hmm. Uh, I believe for most of 2015, I was riding around in a big green truck. Oh? Yeah. My friend Mackenzie, uh, adorable, petite little thing, had a big green truck that we used to ride around in all the time. Oh, my God. It was stark, the contrast, but well, there you go. it was quite fun. So, anyway. We're in 2015. Let's see. Who's popular? I'm going to give you the hits from 2015. Ooh, love it. Um, Hello from Adele. It's me. How Deep Is Your Love? Calvin Harris. Okay, okay. Ew, truff- Truffle Butter by Nicki Minaj. Oh, um, Nicki. Let's see. Trap Queen, Fetty Wap. Come on. <laughs> um, Stitches, Shawn Mendes. That was like the first song that I heard of his that I was like, all right, doesn't suck. Yep. Um, and now I kind of like him. Sorry by Justin Bieber. Wild. Mm. Update, you guys. I did not listen to pop music in 2015. Half of these sound unfamiliar. 
Oh my god, I'm upset. What? Um, no, just the fact that you didn't know these. So, I mean, that's that. I don't know that. That was the happenings. We're not, we're not jumping that far back. No, just a few few short we years. We are not. However, we're gonna jump a little bit further back, very briefly. Okay. Um, to talk about the early life of our victim in this case, Connie. Okay, Connie. So Connie was born Connie Margotta. Okay. And she was born July 31st, 1976. Her parents were Kenneth and Cindy. Okay. She was born in Rockville, Connecticut. And then during her childhood, her family moved to Vernon, Connecticut, and then to Ellington, Connecticut. And Ellington is where we're going to stay for our story. Okay. She had two sisters and one brother, and the four of them, by all accounts, grew up very close. Um, you know, in their childhood and into adulthood. In 1995, Connie graduated from Ellington High School, and then she went on to earn her bachelor's degree from the University of Connecticut, and she graduated in 99. Okay. She went on to become a pharmaceutical sales rep for a company that I'm going to mess up the name of, Reckitt Benkaiser. Okay. Never heard of it before. Um, I did a little bit of digging, or like tried to, into the company, um, because I've literally never heard of it before right and according to forbes the company is out of the uk it was started in 1999 and they focus on health hygiene and household products oh don't ask me anything else about it though okay um (laughs) in the year they of 2015 the year that we're going to be talking about um, they made 14.5 billion in revenue (laughs) so again not super important but Wanted to highlight that she didn't work for some rinky-dink weird company. Um, It was a company that was doing very well, and you might not recognize it by name, but are probably really familiar with, like, its products and things like that. So, right. from what I can tell, she was doing very well, and it seems like she could have held her own, you know, with her own income. She was doing well for herself. Right. So... She also was, at one time, the vice president of the Ellington Volunteer Ambulance Corps. Oh. So, according to their website, EVAC, which is its little acronym, is an emergency medical service provider located in, you guessed it, Ellington, Connecticut. Yeah. Um, that provides emergency medical services to the town of Ellington, as well as mutual aid coverage and support to surrounding communities. Hmm. Um, the organization is a nonprofit, and services are provided by either volunteers and then also the paid EMS staff. Nice. So... I have a soft spot for first responders in general um, in all capacities just because they truly are responding to the worst of situations and seeing people at their worst. Yeah. Um, at They're either vulnerable or injured or scared or all of those things, distraught. Um, and they just try to help remedy the situation and they see people in their time of need. No one is calling 911 and requesting a first responder because they're having a good day. Yeah. So just all of that. So I just I I thought it was pretty important to highlight that yes, okay, she worked full time, but she also was very involved in what I'm what I'm guessing is volunteering if she didn't just work there beforehand. Right. Um but enough that she was involved enough that she was the vice president so yeah i call that pretty important or at least i i think it is so just wanted to comment on that love it and yeah i do think it's good to highlight i mean 
obviously nobody deserves anything to just like happen to them but I think it's also good to remember that people are multifaceted and when we're remembering victims like more than just the shit that happened to them and what got them there but also who they were and I think it says a lot that she would put the time and energy and effort into this you know whether it was community service or just like a side passion of hers to do that she worked her way up to vp like that's impressive that's yeah, a big she step didn't, she didn't go to school for that and you know right make make a whole career out of it but she did spend a lot of time doing it and that is not an easy job any kind no. of first responder you know ems emt police firefighters all of that again you're not calling them because you're having a great day you're calling them because shit has hit the fan and usually it's because you don't know what to do with the shit that hit the fan yes or because it's out of your scope right so i'll get off my soapbox about it but i it, i really do just have a soft spot for that and yeah. reading that and that she was at least involved and active in it just speaks to the kind of person i think she was so Absolutely. i always want to shed light on really all the people that we talk about everything you know the good and the bad i guess but kind of give a whole person approach not just okay you are the victim in this but you're a person you're a mom you're a dad you're a whatever you know right um, you're somebody someone yes <laughs> somebody someone somebody someone yes um she was also very beautiful hell yeah <clears throat> she had dirty blonde hair when she was younger that lightened up over the years she had a very friendly smile, and then she had, like, really bright blue eyes and had little freckles on her cheeks. Um, she was described by those that loved her as cheerful, kind, and loving. And in her obituary, she was described as the sunshine of so many lives. Ugh. Yeah. So, she met Richard DeBate. Now, the last name is D-A-B-A-T-E. So... In the news videos that I watched, just to see how they'd pronounce it during the trial and everything, it's just debate. So, just so you have an idea, I did my best. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Everyone else was wrong too. Then <laughs> she's so pretty. I, I just know. Her up. She's got a really. I okay. I assume I'm obviously not in the same room, but I assume that she had a very contagious smile. Like she just looks really genuine in all of those. Mm-hmm. I know, and she, she really does just look super nice. Yeah. Um, so she meets Richard. Okay. He goes by Rick, but I don't like him, so I'm going to call him Richard. Can we call him Dick? I did call him that later. <laughs> um, okay. I did write that. All right. Yeah, Dick. Dickard. Um, but she fell in love with him, and in 2003, they got married, and they began their life together. So far, this is her only red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so Richard worked as a computer network administrator, whatever the hell that means, and as always, I'm going to have photos of them posted to our Instagram page uh, the day that this episode is released. Um, to describe him, I would say that he kind of looks like a great value discount store version of Joey Tribbiani from Friends. <laughs> Look up Richard Debate. Do you see it? I see it. Um, He's not unattractive, It's but if you squint a little bit and then a little bit more... And I was going like to say him. that he looks like his personality would be like tapioca pudding, like pretty bland, but there's like something, I guess. But <laughs> um, I might change that to like Chef Boyardee spaghetti because it's like, do I have to? And usually if you've gotten to Chef Boyardee spaghetti, the answer is yes. So 
<laughs> I'll leave that there. Full of sodium. Bad for the heart. Well. Mushy, it- but Italiano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, he looks a little different today. Okay. Um, I would say worse. <laughs> oh, not um, great. But when they were dating and newly married... I mean, he's not unattractive. I think they're they're a cute couple. He had dark hair, dark eyes, thicker brows, but not quite like Eugene Levy, right. holy shit brows, you know? Not caterpillars. Um, no. He had a nice smile. Uh, they were they were a cute couple. Yeah. Attractive. She was definitely more attractive, if I'm honest. But isn't that like always the way that isn't couples that it, are? Like the women are like stunning and the men are like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Why? And it but seems I get like. It. You know, financially, it seemed like he could hold his own, too. I think they were they were just both doing well. So they stayed living in Ellington, Connecticut, mm-hmm. where she had grown up. And Ellington is about 25 miles northeast of Hartford, which is the state's capital, just for anybody who's interested in a little geography of it all. Which we should be, because I know none. Hartford. Got it. <laughs> Put it in my pocket. <laughs> uh, they owned their own home in ellington hey they lived in a very wealthy neighborhood they had two children boys who they adored Aww. the boys names are out there um and very easy to find but for their privacy i'm not going to include them here according to an article in people magazine they had a big group of friends uh one of those friends uh was named ali clark and oh my gosh was it you yes <gasps> it was me um <laughs> And she was quoted as saying that Richard was very funny and that Connie was, quote, the kindest woman you'd ever meet. The type oh. that would never say no if you needed something. And you can just kind of see that and looking at her. Yeah. Um, they were seemingly happy couple in their late 30s, early 40s who were doing very well for themselves and their little family. Good. So, as always, I'd love to say that the story continues this way, that they lived happily ever after. And then that's the end. We ended that there. Really quick episode. But um, because we're talking about this on this podcast and because we don't cover stories and topics that are sunshine and flowers and unicorns shooting rainbows. I uh, want it, though. This is going to get much, much worse. Boo. <laughs> so we're going to fast forward to December 23rd, 2015. December 23rd. December 20. Mother. Nope. 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 December 23rd. Yikes. Two days before Christmas. Police respond to an alarm at the debate's home um, where they spoke with an in-shock Richard debate. Richard. So Richard said that he had left, I believe, to go to work, realized he'd forgotten his laptop, and then turned around to get it. Uh, When he went back to his home at 9 a.m., he discovered that an intruder had broken into their home. And he said that the intruder was about six foot two, had a voice like Vin Diesel. <laughs> Sorry, weird, weird like comment. Caught deep, me off guard. Deep voice. Yeah. Uh, wore a mask over his face and dressed in camouflage. Oh. So he's running back into his home because he forgets something on his way to work and is met by this like big guy dressed in camouflage Camo, and a diesel mask. Man. Yes. And he said that he was quickly overpowered by this intruder because he's a lot bigger than him and he was incapacitated by being zip tied to one of his chairs just so you know just one of the chairs in the house um he said he was then stabbed with a box cutter and then he said that the intruder chased his wife down the stairs and into the basement where he shot her with a 357 magnum uh 
shot her in the head and the stomach, and this would have been at about 9.05 a.m. Okay. Okay. So, quickly, investigators begin working over the scene because it is weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, to law enforcement, they have a masked gunman that's breaking into homes and murdering people, and they have no idea where he was headed next. So they bring their canines in to try to track this unknown intruder's scent. Mm-hmm. But instead of leading them down like a, a path outside or anything like that, they instead follow Richard. Oh. So we have that. Like the tracks follow him, not investigators are just following him. Like the canine tracking the scent yeah. leads to Richard. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought you were saying, but I just wanted to clarify. Yes. That's not great, Dickard. No. Oh, no. Dickard. I kind of like that more. Okay, we'll go with that. Dickard. <laughs> so they um, they kind of put that in their back pocket. They're like, okay, that's a little bit weird. Yeah. But moving on. This began an investigation that would last almost a year and a half. That is freaking wild. That is a long investigation. That's so very long. They interviewed Dickard, obviously, yes. um, but soon found that pieces of his story and Pretty much all of it didn't add up. And also that Richard was leading a double life. Oh. So we're going to start with the double life, shall we? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I think we figured it out. So while he is supposedly happily married to Connie, he was having an affair. His affair partner was a woman who he had grown up with. The two had gone to middle school together. Her name is Sarah. Her last name is out there, but in a way, I feel like she's also a victim in this, so I'm not going to share her last name, but should you want it, I mean, hell, it's out there. Um, Richard and Sarah uh, rekindled their friendship, and soon that friendship turned romantic um, in May 2015. Mm, So, so like, seven months before? So, earlier in the year, yep, in the springtime um, of 2015. The romance. Just a month later, after their little shenanigans, Sarah finds out that she's pregnant. Oh. Uh, that really throws a wrench in it, though. Um, nothing says messy like knock- knocking up your side piece. So, there's that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, this is where I feel for Sarah if this part is true. If it's not, to hell with it, and I'll say her last name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she said that Richard told her that he and Connie were basically already processing their divorce. Got it. That they were already legally separated. The paperwork was just awaiting being processed. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, the divorce was final. There was no love lost there. They were just co-parenting. Well, and for a lot of people, and like you said, for all accounts and purposes, we know this to be the case with those two, but... That is true. Like divorce papers do take a really long time to finalize. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you're doing in the courts, it's going to take a long time. You can only do so much from eight to four. And I don't blame her for that. Again, so long as that's what she knew and that's what was told to her. Um, But how shitty. Like, Mm -hmm. also, I don't know. And don't get me wrong. This isn't me like judging their relationship or them as people and i don't take this as like a moral qualifier but they just really got to that fast oh yeah that oh, like, yeah. they just really yeah they hopped right in bed that's a lot oh yeah they were bumping uglies like on the first date seems like yeah and also and 
And I know, okay, I know it only takes one time to get pregnant. Maybe they only get fucked one time. I don't know. But that's just, like, fast. But For also, someone who's married. <laughs> also, every source that I found that outlined, like, a timeline. Mm-hmm. And, again, this story, like, everything gets told, like, a bunch of different ways. I try to go chronologically because I think that's the best and easiest way to follow it. Right. But it said a month later she finds out she's pregnant. Couldn't it have been someone else's, though? Like, was that his a month? Right. Like, we're talking four weeks. So she found out what on the dot on the day, like June. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Anyway, and yeah, it, you know what? No, that is true. That's pretty wonky. And it is his child. Kay. I'm just saying. It just seems like, or at least well, I don't know if there was a DNA test or whatever. But um, to our knowledge, yeah. We'll we'll address that later. But you know, for the purpose of where we are in the story, by June 2015, he's informed that Sarah's pregnant. Okay, so they met for four weeks. Yes. Damn. Okay. And then, like, rabbits. Yeah. Okay. So, he had told Sarah that uh, the divorce between him and Connie was just getting snagged on clerical errors, you know, nothing to worry about. So, they go about their business. She was shocked to be pregnant in the first place. Um, They were only romantic for a very short time before she discovered that she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Then to be pregnant by a man that is still legally married and has two children already um that would be a shock maybe wait till the divorce is like you know the ink is dried mm-hmm. um, or like for me i'd want proof that that's true okay <laughs> so i know a weird little pin and i promise i'll make it quick <laughs> have you ever seen the movie just go with it no okay um i've seen it in like waiting rooms and i've seen it in so many different places <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen the full thing from start to finish but i've definitely seen or the, the majority same, the same part over and over again yes um but one of them is adam sandler really likes this like young thing or whatever and he's trying to for a long time he like didn't really want to put himself out there so he had like a wedding ring on but it's a fake wedding ring blah, blah, blah. He, he meets this young thing and he has to come up with a fake ex-wife that's okay with them dating because she was like my parents got divorced and i want to meet her and make sure that it's okay oh. and like meeting her might be a bit much but if it was me i'd at least want to see a copy of that paperwork because i know you have a copy yeah like at least show me the divorce papers before i buy that you're getting a divorce <laughs> like yes well and i don't know maybe and this is just me personally mm-hmm to each his own um i wouldn't sleep with a married man no that's just me that feels wrong i would want i would want that uh it happens and there's plenty of reasons and yeah. circumstances and things that go on but in this case they met he just i think she just kind of took his word for it yeah. and rolled with it and within a month they've got this like lifetime commitment now that's so crazy. I, there or are maybe people it was I even meet. like casual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just that it in this situation, it just seems like, holy shit, that went fast. Yes. So, so anyway, I'll take that pin out. But that's what that made me think of. Like, hey, I hear it. Uh. Um, so in her mind, though, she's like, OK, as soon as the paperwork's done, they'll be done and we'll kind of start our thing. You know, things will continue on. Things will be OK. Right. But just a little bit before the murder in the fall of 2015, Dickard and Connie go away on a romantic little getaway. Okay, that doesn't scream divorce. Um, And so Connie posts about it on social media, including photos, and Sarah sees them. I Mm -hmm. think it was on Facebook. And Sarah's like, what the fuck? I thought you guys were split up. Right. 
So we're going to leave that there. So put a pin there. Yikes. Back to the investigation. So, oh, so okay. they're, they're putting this together while they're investigating of all this whole side thing that's going on. Right. That's pretty much in the dark. The police know about this affair, was not difficult to find out about, and confronted Richard about it. He lied and lied and lied. He denied it. He told them, get this, he told them that Sarah was a surrogate for him and Connie. So, of course, so of course she's pregnant with his child. Yeah. That is so fucking nasty. Like, I'm sorry. If you're going to get into some shady shit, at least own up to it when, you know, life oh no, comes. He just, he just talked out of his ass the entire time. That's ridiculous. Like, I don't even know if he tasted the bullshit coming out of his mouth. Probably not. You get used so, to the taste after a while. So he says that, you know, he denied that ever being with her. Then, well, of course, she's having my kid. I'm not with her, but she's my surrogate. Right. And then it took some serious probing on law enforcement's part to, like, get him to even admit that he was cheating on her. Then flip-flopped about whether or not Sarah's pregnancy was planned. Mm. So it was, oh, it was an accident. And then, oh, well, it wasn't. And then it was just referred to as the situation. He would say the situation Ew, with Sarah. Dickard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's only going to get worse. I'm sorry. Hold on. Fuck. Um, so when investigators are surveying the scene, the home did not look like it had been ransacked or disturbed or was the site of a home invasion. Right. Um, it didn't look like much of anything had happened there that would have been out of the norm. Yeah. Um, also Richard's injuries were superficial. Of course they were. Um, some cuts to his legs. He wasn't really injured. Um, when they interviewed neighbors, those who were out walking, those who were in their cars on their way to work or driving their kids to school, not one person said that they saw this masked man in camouflage, like wielding a gun. And that's probably because he was masked and they couldn't see his entire body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in the coming weeks, according to a Fox 61 article, some also commented on how strange it was that he was texting the neighbors shortly, like a few days after she's dead, his wife is dead. He's texting his neighbors asking what their favorite t- takeout restaurants are. That's fucked up. Yeah. Like just casual conversation, making friends. Right. What the hell? Oh, yeah, he's a dick stick. I like dick stick. Thanks. It's like dipstick, but worse. So at this point, we have the spouse of the victim, Richard, telling a story that doesn't make sense. And each version changes from the last version. Right. We have that he has admittedly gotten his girlfriend pregnant while lying that he was in the middle of a divorce. There was no divorce. Right. There was no separation. There was no nothing. I assumed that much. We have a crime scene that doesn't match any of any of the stories any of the several stories that richard (laughs) has provided we have richard with nearly no injuries as a result of this fight for his life with a man much bigger than him richard also is having nonchalant conversations with neighbors which struck everyone as at the very least inappropriate right we have canines that haven't detected anyone else's scent in the home we have neighbors all around who didn't see a damn thing about a masked big ass dude with a voice like a b-list celebrity (laughs) none of that then they subpoena data from connie's fitbit and other devices so that's where we are headed but let me update you on the story that richard went with okay so the final story that he provided to law enforcement before everything 
from the Fitbit and phones, laptops, all that stuff is received. So they've, they have a Sabina for it. They've requested it. Right. While they're pending that to come in, this is his story. Mm. He says he leaves the house at 8 a.m. He's dropping the boys off at the bus stop. Sure. He went back home at about 8.30 to change clothes for work. He said at that time, he saw Connie in her car backing out of the driveway. She was on her way to the YMCA for a spin class. Okay. Um, apparently, that class was canceled. Connie went back home. Richard is on his way to work, realizes he's forgotten his laptop. Okay. Dag Nabbit got to turn around. Gets back home, gets there between 8.45 and 9 a.m., and that is when he's manhandled. And then apparently the intruder goes and kills Connie with two gunshots and then comes back to zip tie him to a folding chair. Comes back to zip tie him? Yes. All right. Sure. And then he heroically frees himself and hits the alarm button on their home defense system. And again, there are lots of variations of the story and some ways that he tells it he says that he's stuck in the chair like zip tied to the chair before which mm-hmm. makes more sense because yeah. uh, wouldn't you fight like hell to like save your wife save your wife um other times he's just like says he's incapacitated she's murdered in the in the meantime right then says you know they came for he me. gets tied up afterwards um another version is that he walks into the home he's he's in the home for quite a few minutes then hears a weird noise calls to connie and tells her to run uh she grabs one of their guns that they have in the home and believes that the intruder must have gotten that from her shot her with it and then came for him oh so that accounts for the reason why it comes from their gun okay yes so lots of variations of the story it changed a lot that was the one he decided to go with um, that apparently it looks like he was zip tied afterwards. What the fuck? Which is why there's such a delay in him calling the police. But let's get to the Fitbit info. Okay. So it showed that on December 23rd, the day that Connie died and all of this was happening, um, activity was detected at 7.52 a.m. Sure. Then a period of inactivity um, this was the time that they believe Connie was on her way to the spin class. So she was driving. So she's not going to be running. Right. Um, this is confirmed by the security footage at the YMCA. They see her arrive. Okay. Uh, then there's another period of inactivity on the way home. Mm-hmm. She gets back home. She putters around the home for a little bit. Between 9.40 a.m. and 9.46 a.m., cell phone data shows that she was using Facebook. Okay. Then the Fitbit detects movement at 10.05 a.m. Sure. This is the last movement that the Fitbit detects. Okay. They also apparently found data from his cell phone that contradicted his timeline entirely. Yeah. Um, because it said that his phone never left his home. So this whole driving, ba- like forgetting his laptop, turning around, doing all that. At least if he had a cell phone on him, didn't happen. Right. So that kind of throws a wrench in it, too. Yeah. So by this timeline, she's alive and well for a whole hour after Richard has said that she's already been dead. Right. right? Because he says at nine Nine. o'clock, this is when it happens. But by 10 o'clock, she's still puttering around the house. Right. So 
there's just so much about this case that doesn't make sense. Um, it's madness. So, Richard was arrested for the murder of his wife, Connie, Yay. in April 2017. I would call that probable cause. Yes. So, at the trial, the jury heard testimony from over 100 people. Yeah. And saw over 600 pieces of evidence. Holy shit. It was shit. rigorous. But, truthfully, there weren't any other suspects. No one saw this masked intruder. No one saw anything right. that he said to have happened. His phone shows that he didn't leave the house when he said he did. Her Fitbit shows that she was alive and well and moving long after he said she's dead. Right. None of it made sense. It, he was the clear suspect here. Yeah. So prosecutors argue that Richard had motive and opportunity. They said that he killed Connie because he knew that divorcing her would be expensive, and it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived a, not, I wouldn't say a lavish lifestyle, but they owned a nice home in a nice neighborhood. Right. Um, I even get the sense that she was the, bre- the breadwinner, but I, I didn't read that. Right. But I well, think he was concerned about the, the financial impact it would have on him by divorcing her. Exactly. So that at least tells us that. Even if she's not, like, the primary breadwinner, she's contributing significantly. Right. And that he's con- he's concerned he might have to pay child support or alimony or something. Whatever it is, it's going to cost him something, and he just doesn't like it. Oh, little baby doesn't want to honor the commitment that he made to his wife. Yes, you know, the vows you took before God and everyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we don't care about that. So Not if you're going to kill her um, later. Well, and especially when you have to provide for this new baby you weren't expecting. Right. So My girlfriend would be pissed if my wife got in the way. I mean, seriously. She thought I had morals. For real. <laughs> um, Sorry, that wasn't actually aimed at Sarah. I don't know anything <laughs> about her. I don't know anything, this. she says. <laughs> uh, um, he didn't want to have it out over custody either. He didn't want to have to go through that whole shebang. Oh, he just wanted, yeah. Yeah. So another thing was he cared a lot about other people's opinions of him. He didn't want to be the black sheep of his family. Okay. He didn't want to be the outcast in the neighborhood. He feared that the neighbors would all know and that the mutual friends that they had, that they'd had for years, the other couples and families that they were close with, would also ostracize him because uh, you should be. But anyway. I mean, you did marry the woman. And I hate to tell you, but cheating is bad. You should be, you know, punished for that a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. um. I feel like killing someone is a lot worse than that. I feel like murdering your wife and mother of your children is takes the cake, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're to each our own, but I'm with you on this one. Why, thank you. So, Sarah, who was seven months pregnant with his child when Connie is murdered. Shit. Said that he assured her via text that he was divorcing Connie. He said, do not worry. We will be divorced like, because by this time, she's like, okay, it's December. Like, ASAP, what the hell? or baby's yeah. going to be born in two months. Get on with it. So, he sent that text to her saying, assuring her. Right. That they'd be divorced the day before Connie was murdered. Did you guys just hear my eye roll? The day fucking before. So. What the fuck? Friends also testified that Richard had lied to them, saying that he got pregnant, got he got pregnant. He got pregnant, Dickard. <laughs> Saying that he got Sarah pregnant during a one night stand. It also came out while they were interviewing friends and things like that. 
um, that while he was sneaking away with Sarah, he was telling Connie that he was just out with the guys. He was playing cards, watching the game, whatever. She shouldn't worry. I'm sure she shared with her friends that, oh, yeah, he's just out with the guys, whatever. Um, So that all comes out in the trial, too, that while he's banging his side piece, he's telling his wife he's hanging out with his friends. And the friends are like, no, he wasn't. Right. So. Like, we were hanging out, but he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. And then the the law enforcement, the investigators that um, were investigating testified to all the different stories that Richard had given them, including... The one that he gave in his testimony, which is the one that we talked about earlier. Right. Um, he comes in. He's manhandled. Yeah. Yeah. Wife's dead. He's zip tied. Takes him a little bit. Whatever. So at the end of the five week long trial, the jury reached a verdict. Guilty. Yay. Guilty of first degree murder. Guilty of tampering with physical evidence. And guilty of false reporting to law enforcement. Hooray. Because he was full of shiznits. That's some justice. So his sentencing hearing was held in August of this year. Holy. That took some time. So for anyone in the future that's listening to this, hi, how are you? Hey, this Thanks is for hanging out. life in the mid to late pandemic. Yes. Um, so this is 2022. So he was sentenced August 2022. So that was like, you know, a Shit. couple months ago. So... At the sentencing hearing, family and friends of Connie made statements. The next few quotes that I'm going to mention are from Fox 61. Again, as always, all sources are linked in the show notes. I try to mention them. If I'm taking direct quotes, I'm going to give a little bit of credit. So Connie's mom, Cindy, said that she got a call from Connie the morning of the murder. Okay. She said the first thing she said on the phone was, Mom, I love you. You're my best friend. And I said, I don't know what was going on. I said, I love you too. And you're a good friend of mine. Oh. And then she said that Connie said, I just want to let you know that Rick is a mess today. And she said, I wish I had said, well, if he's such a mess, why don't you come to my house and we'll have breakfast? She didn't say that. Oh my gosh. What are you? Okay. This was the morning she died. It's like she had a feeling. And she just wanted to call her mom and say, hey, I love you. You're my best friend. You know that, right? What the fuck? So Connie and Richard's two sons were uh, nine and six years old at the time that their mother was murdered. They are about 16 and 13 now. So they're 16 and 13 when their their dad's being sentenced for the murder of their mom. Okay. They both live with an aunt who told the court that one of them asked her to text his mom in heaven. And asked to use a telescope to see heaven. Why is that so sad? And that child is trying to bargain with reality for a glimpse of okay. seeing his mom again. That's what's going on. He's he's asking if a text can if there's if there's service up in heaven. And if I just if I could just have a telescope, maybe I can see her. Ugh. Absolutely rips my heart to shreds. How do you qualify that in your head like how are you okay with doing that to your children oh we're gonna talk okay not not from him but what i think okay so the following quote is from the prosecutor on the case matthew gadensky okay and it says and it was significant in proving that the defendant was guilty of this crime in the end though this was another case of domestic violence 
And though much progress has been made in recent years to support victims and survivors and to hold accusers accountable, these domestic violence homicides are still happening, and so we must continue to work together to end it. True. The judge um, on this case, Judge Corinne Klatt, called his actions, quote, brutal, calculated, and incomprehensible before sentencing him to 65 years in prison. hey 65 years. That's Hallelujah. more like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. After sentencing, Connie's mother, Cindy, said, and this is a quote, I just feel like this surge from up above, the strength coming to me right now for all of us. She's here. Stop. And that just gave me so much like goosebumps and oh i got chills if you've ever grieved the loss of someone who means so much to you feeling that closeness with them again in whatever capacity it is yeah it's not something you can describe and i sound absolutely cuckoo but no it's it's totally true i believe in that stuff and i don't know i was near tears reading that like what her mom said about the phone call that morning and how she felt just after the sentence was delivered um there's also this extra bit of sadness when you lose a family member around christmas time yeah um and unfortunately i've had i've had to grieve the loss of people that i loved very much very close to christmas time and there's there's just that that extra bit sadness isn't the right word but there's just another layer of it and i think it's just because it's in the midst of the cheer and the joy and the celebration and the happiness and the world around you is going on like that. And you're just sort of stuck in your grief and you can't partake. And it's one of those things where, you know, everything is on a spectrum. So like the idea of Christmas time, like specifically Thanksgiving, Christmas, that kind of holiday season is so centered around being with people that you love and Mm -hmm. that you care about. And with all things like to have the light you have to have the dark because otherwise you wouldn't know that it was light or dark they're all comparative and so that idea of joy and being around people that you care about is kind of emphasized as feeling more hollow because now you like you've lost part of that like you don't have the capability to be on that spectrum of you know the joy pain sort of emotional scale but also you've lost someone that you wanted to spend that time with and it kind of makes some of that feel hollow I think absolutely it does and it also makes you grieve not only the person but then for the memories of okay this the holiday you know what I mean like again it just it adds a layer of grief and it adds a layer of shit yeah there's like not another word I can think of it just it just adds something awful to it and it's actually statistically very common for people to pass away around the holidays um and especially in the winter and our holidays happen to be in the winter so i don't know chicken or the egg could be either one i guess but it's not something that is unique to lose someone around the holidays Uh, you or someone you know has i guarantee you yeah but there is that that added sadness and i just think for them to have lost her in that way to the person who took vows to love her forever, who was screwing around on her, who impregnated another woman, who didn't have a second thought about taking the mother of his, his children away from his children. Right. And the way that their children miss her so much. 
it just it gave me goosebumps that her presence was felt right so i I don't know that's just a little bit of me that was just just, that's just my little soapbox um her brother keith said this quote um it enables us to get a little bit of closure even though it won't bring her back as a family we can move forward yeah and i think after all of that time that it i can see yeah they can they can wrap that up they can they can actually move forward what a clusterfuck for something like so and you know i don't want to say obviously because i feel like that's kind of a dumb word but like in my head blatantly fictitious from the start to take that long and i i know that there is like you know we talk about this all the time there's only so much time in a week so many resources you have but for something like that to have the family have to go through that for like a year and a half that's devastating like that just sucks oh yeah and you know what the kicker is what he still maintains his innocence what he says he's like i didn't do it someone broke into the house and he says him and his legal team claim that they are going to continue to fight and appeal this wrongful conviction to which i say good fucking luck he did it yeah um now i i'm a i'm a big fan of our rights here in this country and you have the right to uh appeal your conviction that you that and it's there for a reason yep um have as many (laughs) appeals as you want this fucker did it once again good fucking luck and i genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart good luck trying to find something that you can loophole your way out of this because there's not there's not a bit of it well and if we look at it like yeah if it had been different if somebody did actually break into their house and for fuck's sake like steal their gun and tie him up and shoot her and like Mm -hmm. he could miraculously get away without anybody seeing it or hearing it and um dickard here heroically broke free from the chair and called 911 and he's the the victim of all of this just fucking tell the story mm-hmm. it's one story but it changes so much and that's not and to it changes say, conveniently it's not to say that trauma brain doesn't alter facts and things might become more clear later but that is not what happened here no it wasn't like i was tied up in the chair and the next thing i know she was dead and then you fill in and you're like no hold up i was tied up in the chair and then i saw him like run down the stairs after her and then she like then i heard the shot that's different and why would someone break into your home not steal anything yeah shoot your wife after chasing her into the basement and then leave you entirely fine and Just also, something the senseless, conveniently when your kids weren't home, mm-hmm. by the way. And in broad daylight, while neighbors and the street is busy and people are walking around. No, I don't buy it no. for a second. The other thing that jumped out to me is why would he stab you with a box cutter if he has a gun? Oh, why yeah. wouldn't he just shoot you? And why, why wouldn't, wouldn't he just make sure you're dead, too? I mean, he just killed your wife with... with um two shots why wouldn't he you know headshot you on the way out just to double check you know what the kicker is too she was actually killed with three shots oh and he changed his story about how many he heard and they were like what are you talking like it just everything he said changed so frequently but the only (sighs) things that are concrete is that 
there was no other scent that the dogs could pick up. Right. He had full motive. He's mm-hmm. got this new family and this divorce that he wants, and it's going to be expensive. And it's afraid to get of his own volition. And he's he'd rather be the victim in the story than the divorcee. That cheated on his wife. Yeah. And there's, there's just literally nothing about it that shows light in anything that he said has been true the the fitbit showed that she was alive and well an hour after he swears she was dead right and then i'm like okay so if you didn't call until like 10 30 or whatever uh were you really zip tied for an hour is that what it what like yeah did it take you was that what the delay was because they he said that he called right away right as soon as like he got free he got free she was freezing cold to the t- you know what I mean? it's just it doesn't make yeah. sense it none of it adds up and so i want to unpack this a little bit further love um because wow do i believe he did it yeah um i don't buy the wrongfully convicted i don't buy any of that nope and after we just covered the mont vernon home invasion um a very big whopping fuck you yeah. to richard for lying that he shared that same experience okay so i follow the daughter from the mount vernon home invasion on instagram now um by the way she is a freaking ray of sunshine she's so beautiful you cannot see someone like that and i again you know ali i feel like her mantra is you know do no harm take no shit Mm -hmm. i feel like if i had to pick a cliche type of thing to latch on to it would be the whole yin yang you can't have the good without the bad Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody can shine that brightly without having to go through shit like absolute hellhole shit she is so delightful has worked on herself is emotionally intelligent has worked on that trauma is making the best she can with the one of the worst hands that I've seen dealt in a long time, mm-hmm. trauma-wise. And to make up that a random person came in and in front of you killed your wife, when we have this juxtaposition, right, of this case that we just did with Mont Vernon, and, like, seeing how two people that are actually connected and actually love each other act in the face of life-threatening circumstances and trauma, to... I was zip tied and I couldn't get out. Like, fuck you. And if that were true, this would be a different story entirely. Right. It's just not, though. No. It's just not. And if you haven't listened to that episode after this one, listen to that one. Because what Kimberly and Jamie experienced is truly out of your worst nightmare. It is. And the fact that he tried to stage that, this asshole tried to say that what he went through was the same and it's not and that girl jamie who was 10 at the time was without her mom because some evil people broke in and stole her from her Mm -hmm. this guy did that to his own children yeah at his own hands in his own home it just like i i just had to to say that that the contrast there uh, that that needed to be highlighted because astounding 
there's a difference between when that really happens and when it doesn't. And in this case, it didn't. I'm just saying that. Yeah. And not only was he screwing around his wi- on his wife, maybe their marriage absolutely sucked ass. Maybe right. they should have gotten a divorce. Maybe they weren't a good match. No one truly knows that besides the two of them. And there's only one of them you can still ask. Yeah, I'd take but, anything from him with a grain of salt, though. But he lies to his wife about where he's going, saying he's playing cards with friends. She's at home taking care of their children while he's in bed with his side piece, then gets her pregnant, toes the line with the girlfriend, saying he's getting divorced. He's not. Takes no action to actually get divorced. Then when the stress of the reality of his own actions catches up with him, he murders his wife, the mother of his kids, for his own convenience. And that's what it came down to. Because friends and family might actually find out how big of a piece of shit he is. Yep. He took his son's mother away. He I, took a daughter away. He took a best friend away. He took a, an amazing volunteer and employee away. And now there's three kids who will grow up without a dad. And here's the thing. If you're listening to this, I guess I'm not really talking to you. I'm talking to the people that are blissfully unaware. But... If the only reason that you care about a story and care about somebody else's victimhood is because you have to reframe it in the fact that they were somebody to someone else, like, okay, I should care about this because she was a mom or like this Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, no, you care about it because they're people. This adds context. And the fact that a man like this could take somebody who so actively sought out kindness and help and aiding people who needed it and... It seems, by all intents and purposes, really loved her family for the sake of avoiding responsibility and consequences. For his own actions. Like, he literally made his own bed and would not lie in it. Yeah, and he was and like, I didn't do that. Price. She had to pay the price for that because you... And not that I'm saying she was. She could have been an absolute douche canoe. Mm-hmm. She could have been the worst wife asshole mean rude whatever wouldn't have deserved that she could have been satan reincarnate he didn't need to do the exorcism you literally just get divorced it's okay just do it sign the paper and leave her alive for your kids if nothing else because if you have those kids and you know they have a mom and you have a mom you can say i think i'd hate to lose my mom the day before christmas it's just it's it's absolutely maddening and like who went to go pick those kids up? How were they told? Were they told in the car ride home? I bet. Were they told when they got home? I th- like those. Those are the little details that I think when you when we hear things like this, we we just kind of gloss over, and maybe we just don't even want to go there because right. it's so bad. It's a but little that's, real. That's where my brain goes, and I try to look at every side, and I try to think, okay, what was going through his mind? Like I have to put myself in everyone's position. I just need to. Right. There is no way in hell in his position I could fathom doing what he did. No. Not even a little bit. No. Not even the slightest bit. And I'll say this again with the prefix of so long as the information we have is the truth. um, I really, really feel bad for Sarah. She didn't deserve that either. No. And now her child. Right. Is growing up without a dad knowing what he was capable of what he what he did yeah and seriously legitimately for no good reason like none whatsoever entirely avoidable and the whole like you know 
she's someone's mom and she no she's someone yeah someone period and someone who didn't have a hand in all of this shit you know what i mean no i don't know i feel bad for everybody i feel bad well obviously except dickard he sucks but mm-hmm. no he can um, get fucked yeah yeah a little bit i'm gonna watch it sadist abby came out a little bit in tuesday's episode and i'm I'm trying to keep her contained still. She's powerful. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just hope that he. I hope he has a rough time in prison. And I hope he dies there. Peacefully. Yeah. Not like violently, but just like. Oh, yeah. Old life. Sure. No, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't like violence. I don't think that's a fair answer. And I think that unless like, you know, Tuesday's case where it would have saved literal hundreds of lives should be avoided um i also just don't want to be the same as him in any way so well i think the other thing that this should make us talk about is domestic violence oh yeah um that can be anywhere i always say you don't know what goes on behind closed doors and it doesn't matter how nice the door is yeah um doesn't matter if you live in a fancy neighborhood or you don't or you have very high paying jobs or you don't it, or how cute a couple looks in their facebook profile photo you're not exempt from or immune to domestic violence in any capacity and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't look for it in your friends and family yeah watch that out. might that might have the nicest home and the sweetest family and the cutest kids and soccer games and baseball tryouts and dance recitals and all those fun still look still just be aware i'm not saying accusatory but be objective say hey where's the power where's the control and is it obvious to me that it's lopsided because there's no way to me that he just he woke up and snapped yeah maybe he wasn't beating the crap out of her and really there's no reports that i could find that said that there was a history of the police being called on this home for domestic nothing like that no red flags family didn't say that they thought he was capable of that in fact they were in complete disbelief right but facts are facts facts are facts and here's the other problem with it right uh straight up stories are stories like my biggest problem with all of this are the amount of inconsistencies and literally, you know, you say you look for motive, you look for means. We have motive. We have means. Mm-hmm. We have changing stories. We have someone who has not been truthful to the police over a variety of different things. And we have a man who's like scared shitless for his reputation. And I'm sorry. But if all you have to lose is your reputation, you are so fucking privileged. Like, you are just so privileged. If that is your biggest concern, what will people think of me? Like, no, some people are worrying about where they're sleeping tonight or what they're eating for dinner or if they can feed their kids. And if you think, like, your friends and family might be mad at you or whatever, okay, well, maybe reflect on why. Mm -hmm. Either why you care so much about their opinion, if you really think that you're right, or reflect a little bit inward and say wow am i being an absolute ass yep am i wrong (gasps) could it be i know um and i I don't it just pisses me off like it it makes me so angry that someone who once again has 
so much privilege in so many different areas of his life, right? Like we have economic privilege. He's doing well at his job. He has a good home. He clearly is good looking enough. So he's got like attractive privilege. And like, this is not to say that anything you have should be able to be used against you. I'm just saying he had a lot going for him. And and it's for by all accounts, I mean, they did well. They worked hard. They right. they made a good life for themselves. It, but it was him who decided to light a match to it, not her. Right. He's the one that opened the gasoline and said, hmm, I wonder what will happen. You know, and so even if it doesn't look like what happens on TV and even if it doesn't look like what's described in the media, just know to just be aware. Yeah. I mean, also have conversations with your friends and family. Again, like Ali said, not accusatory, but just, hey, how's that going? How how are How's this aspect of your life? And it can just be genuine curiosity. How are you doing? But like, I know for a fact, if I asked any of my friends like, hey, how's life? How's school? And they were like, oh, I'm just worried about money. And I said, why? And they were like, well, my partner's keeping it or my partner's doing this and I don't know how much we have or whatever. Like red fucking flags. That That is not anything that you would see on the outside. That's not something you'd see on Facebook. And it is a real power and control tactic that people use in domestic violence. Or he's saying he's hanging out with his friends, but the wives of those friends that I hang out with said that their husbands were home. Right. Or, you know, they were at a fishing trip out of town. <laughs> you know, yeah. important things to mention and just to look for. Um, and so if you know if someone is experiencing domestic violence, as always, there's no shortage of resources that we provide in this podcast. Come on, you guys get with it. You know that. You know us better than um, that. You've heard this before, but I'll give it to you again. The national hotline for domestic violence is 800-799-7233. Or you can text the word START to 88788. Or you can go to org. And as always, all of these things are on our Instagram page under the resources highlight when you go to that front page there. Um, and again, as I always do, um, I like to end on a cause that the family felt strongly about. Um, and in Connie's obituary, they had set up um, a college fund for her sons. Mm-hmm. So should you feel compelled to or able to want to or anything like that, donate to that. Um, the address to do that is 1645 Ellington Road in South Windsor, Connecticut, 06074. And as always, those things will be in the show notes. I love that. What so, a good way to end such a shitty story. Well, her kids are teenagers. Um, and I'm just hopeful that they've just kept their family close and that they keep their mom's memory alive just by spending time with the people that she loved the most too and right i'm sure her mannerisms and personality and memory is Mm -hmm. still alive and well that's just what you gotta hope for yeah i i am hopeful for them for healing and moving forward i am still not over how absurdly uh selfish dickard is Um, oh my god he's awful I don't think I don't think I could even start to think about doing any of that. Like, I don't think I could start to cheat on, you know, my partner, like marriage and wreck that. Right. And And then when you find yourself shitting the bed so bad, you have to change the sheets, change the fucking sheets. Tell someone like problems seem a lot less big once you say them out loud. They just do. 
Well, and the other thing is, again, in the same way that, you know, in terms of violence, we say we don't know what goes on behind night, you know, closed doors, no matter how nice the door is. That's the way that I choose to approach all of those situations. But right. you all, again, we don't know how their marriage was. Maybe she was terrible. And I'm not saying that she was. I'm saying, what if? Because you don't really know. Because the only people that know that are the two of them. But in no way or capacity could I imagine that this end result was justified. No, no. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Like, it's one of those things that isn't just preventable. It was absolutely unnecessary. Like, Mm -hmm. there was no reason for this to happen. Not even a little bit. Nope. Because there is no reason why a 13 and 16 year old shouldn't have their mom right now and shouldn't be pleading with family members to get a telescope so that maybe they can see their mom again. That's fucked up. Go fuck yourself so hard to the soul from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) From the most sincere place in my body. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. And asshole Allie comes out in these sometimes because I just have such a visceral reaction to people's loved ones being taken away. Well, and it's one of those things that like, which is not unique to me. We're, we all, we're all human. We all feel that. But sometimes Fuck. it's just, it's, it's just so bad. And it's one of those things too, where I feel like, you know, you hear about these stories and obviously certain parts hit closer to home than others. And without that connection, even without that, all you want to do is be like, this man has such little love in his heart. He can't even think about his kids. Like the, the two lives that you created, the three lives actually that you created but the two with her the two with her that you said you know what fuck you so hard i'm gonna kill your mom and not only am i gonna kill your mom i'm gonna do it the day before christmas i'm gonna let you live with that for the rest of your life and also i'm gonna lie to everybody about it and also the other woman who i got pregnant um which by the way should never be fucking referred to as the situation that's heinous in Mm -hmm. itself um Maybe let's think about her kids and her and how your promises of a constant divorce is impacting her and her life because she could be spending this nine month pregnancy prepping and planning to have this kid and figuring out what she's going to do. But instead, she's relying on you. Right. Under under the impression that this is a joint effort now. Right. That we have a team Mm -hmm. to work on this problem. And it's not just me, but it was just her because he had no fucking intention. Mm -hmm. There were no actions. There were no words that were seen anywhere. And. You know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but usually in cases like that, there's usually a mean text somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, there just has to be something because he didn't even, I mean, he literally had so few injuries that it's like, it it just set off alarm bells kind of immediately. Yep. And it's not like he could even turn around and say, oh, well, she was hurting me. No. Nope. Mm -mm. No, it didn't happen. That that didn't happen. That was him with the little box knife cutter, like shaking over the sink. Like, I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to slash my little leg right after I shot my wife three times. And another thing I tried looking was, OK, it, whenever there's a gun involved, you look for gunshot residue. Right. I could find that they swabbed his hands. I couldn't find the results of it. Interesting. But I feel like. I don't know. I guess it's probably twofold. I feel like if the defense had that to hold on to and say, look, he didn't have it. Right. Then that's what they would have led with. That's like what they would have opened with. Like yeah. the murder weapon was not used by my client. Right. If I put myself in the defense attorney's 
shoes. That's my argument. Yeah. I feel like we would have heard that. But also, if they had it, wouldn't that be the prosecution's main argument? And that's what I mean. Right. That, and that's the other piece of it. But I think that the, the prosecution leaned in heavy with, like, everything he said was a lie. Yeah. Because look at the data that we have. Yeah. Because we can see that from this, from in these hours, she was alive and well, and that gets cut short here. Yep. And where he says he's driving the kids to school and then back believe that happened yeah or maybe or the kids just walked or a neighborhood parent grabbed them or whatever then he gets halfway to work realizes he forgets his laptop turns around and comes back he definitely have his phone going to work okay mm-hmm. so none of that none of it makes sense to me no and when you can't make sense of it it's probably because it doesn't fucking make sense right occam's razor so oh it just and here's the other thing too it pisses me off for people like Kimberly and like Jamie who have actually had to deal with the absolute chaos of strangers coming in and taking away your safe haven. The terror of strangers. And that's the thing. You know, we talk about in criminal justice a lot. Like when you first get into it, the CJ 101 classes are always like, let's get you with like the fun factor myth kind of thing. Like it is almost never a stranger. It is almost always someone, you know. So the whole idea that you're going to be like, yeah, no, I definitely know what that's like. And this is what it is. First of all, you're not helping your case anyway. It's pretty unlikely. Second of all, fuck you, because the people that do have to deal with that have to deal with so much more bullshit yeah the people that it actually is random and a stranger and right because those are the crimes it is motiveless it is pointless there's no reason it should be happening unless it's someone that you know that took out the hit and even then the courts consider that to be someone you know so like no it wasn't a stranger and you had all all of the motive and at least if nothing else for those fucking kids sake Give them a minute to stop wondering which parent to believe. Mm -hmm. Like at least to do that because right now they're pretty much orphaned with one parent in prison and the other one dead of his accord. And at least you can give them the fact that like, yes, I am the villain in this story. And I'll I'll accept that because I was because he was. There isn't anything he did for his kids. No, he like I kind of question if he knew him like. Like, not a one. No. Not one thing. And I don't know. I could go round and round. I just... Same. I feel we did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I have strong reactions to these things. I, I, I don't take people's pain lightly. No. I would never in a million years myself consider being the one inflicting physical, emotional, any kind of pain on somebody else. And the callousness and just the cool calm collected way that he did that yeah and the fact that he then just sent text messages do you to like the green curry from the indian place down the road or yeah, like what do you, the what red do you, one what do you get like what's your go-to takeout italian food place yeah and i'm pretty sure they were like um what the fuck well i made this like lazy lasagna for you since you're like grieving and stuff your wife so i i thought maybe that would you could start there yep it, it, what the fuck yeah also no. uh morbid and a weird thing you guys but if you know someone in your life is going through a tough time you want to bring them food please for the love of it just bring them ice cream okay the casseroles are great but they're getting a ton of them just throw them some chocolate oh, like, give them something different 
Yeah. We love potatoes and meat and everything stuffed into a dish. It's great. It's ideal, especially for quick heat up. But like they've got enough. They're, give them a cake. <laughs> Please. Or some chips. Like, <laughs> Oh, that would slap. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. okay. okay. So well. anyway, we both just started thinking about <laughs> chips, didn't we? <laughs> I was thinking, okay, more specifically, I was thinking of the cheddar and sour cream, like, ruffles. Ooh. Oh. I was more specifically thinking about what puns you would not be allowed to make with that being a grief gift. Oh, um, my God. Hit me. <laughs> we think you're all that in a bag of chips. Sorry this is happening. Oh. Um, we're here for you and we're not full of air. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, These are saltier than your tears. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, if they're not salty enough, cry in bag. Like, <laughs> no, abort, abort. <laughs> no, that was terrible. No, see, and this, these are things I have to think about because I, I know because we pun. have to, we have to pull ourselves out of it, and you have to make a dad joke. When are you not going to do that? <laughs> right, and then I have to be like, okay, if this actually happened in real life, I need to check myself. You can't make a dad joke with shit like that. <laughs> But we need to just kind of have some way to relieve that. And I know at least for me and doing this with Abby for almost 30 episodes now, I know she does too. Um, It has to be humor. It does. Uh, Laughter is the best medicine. It truly is. It is one of the few things that brings people together. And you might not even like somebody, but if you guys can laugh together, hey, it's something. It's true. Do you not like me? Well, no, I'm kidding. Oh my God, I love (laughs) you. You're my best friend. Um... Ellie. But it's even better to laugh with your best friend. But That's true. Um, just some of the terrible things that we talk about here, like this week especially. Holy mother of shit. Yeah, you guys need some lovin's. Um, we just need to laugh a little bit. We'll put up a pod pets uh, post here. We so do need to. We can just bring a little serotonin into the mix. Um, but wow, we really hit you hard this week. Sorry, guys. Okay, well, let's let's do a, a little sigh of relief post-episode. Okay. Okay. Okay, you guys. So, Allie and I are going to do some fun would-you-rathers. We just got to lighten this mood, people. We do. We needed a sigh of relief, and this week's is going to be that. So, Allie, do you want to start with one? I would love to. So, what I found was, would you rather go to dinner alone or go to a movie alone? Movie alone all the way. Gross. What, you'd go to a dinner alone? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just think I'd feel more uncomfortable in a movie theater. I'd rather just like go grab dinner real quick and I mean, doesn't specify where. Could I go to like a drive through? You know, that's actually that in is which fair. case. Oh, well, I just do that anyway. <laughs> well, exactly. I was going to say, if that's the point, then hell yeah, I'll do that because Taco Bell. <gasps> I think that's my dinner tonight. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have an affinity for Taco Bell, but. It's so gross. It's so good. You can't even say you've had it like one time and it was from me and it wasn't even anything that made you feel bad. So you have nothing to stand on here. I saw what you like. Everything else there just looks terrible. It's nasty. It's why you don't get the meat. If you don't order the meat, you don't get the shits and everything's fine. But the fact that you have to have that disclaimer tells me I don't want to eat there. Also, to be fair, I don't eat a lot of meat, so I don't have a great reaction to any of it. Um, You don't have a great reaction to most food. It's true. So like. Let's not use me as the example. I'm usually an outlier on these things. Yeah, that's just gross. But um, I would rather go to the movies because if I, like, I heard that and I took it as, like, a sit-down dinner and I would hate doing that alone. Just because. Like on Valentine's Day. 
Not even. <laughs> though that would suck. I just feel like if I'm at a movie, something else is my attention. If I'm just sitting there eating, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'd get bored. I do have ADD, don't I? Uh, yes. Yikes. You'd um, get bored in the movies. Yeah, I would get bored in the movies. <laughs> but at least I could, like, fidget with something while I watched a movie and be interested with it. Um, and movie theaters have food. So I could eat, like, nachos, get, like, a you know what else blue raspberry dinner. icy. <laughs> so does dinner. Exactly. But one, I get dinner and a show. And the other one, I just get dinner and boredom. So Well, after you spend $75... <laughs> movie theater on skittles and popcorn you you sneak that shit in with a big purse like the good old days okay (laughs) i have one lime green and white polka dotted bag that i got from my cousin in like the ripe year of 2007 that i thought was so hot but you know what it's great for movie snacks so i have it still I always feel like they strategically place like the dollar store next to the movie theater and you just always. raid that shit and then you head on over and even like a CVS uh, or like a Walgreens where you know it's going to be overpriced, but the candy's still like five for five. So you can like stock up on it and head Hell right yeah. over. <sighs> okay. Would you rather get a paper cut every time you turn a page or bite your tongue every time you eat? I fucking hate biting my tongue, dude. Same. That, like, stops me in my tracks. And I eat more than I'm turning pages, so I'm going with the paper cut. Yeah, I would say just for sheer numbers, I would go with pages, but we do touch a lot of paper at work. Um, but, but maybe I, I could hate- wear gloves or something, and I can, like, remove yeah. it and maybe not play with the pages. But eating, I'm not getting around that. That's fair. Yeah, and I hate, I like, oh, I hate that feeling when, like, you just want to to like fix it and you want it to be gone because you can taste it and you can feel it every time it's horrible Ugh. yeah i hate it all right uh would you rather sip gin with ryan reynolds or shoot tequila with Dwayne the rock johnson i'm sipping gin with ryan reynolds Ugh, you know me i'm shooting tequila we're hanging out can we like go on like a double date though can you guys be like sipping gin while the rock and i are like shooting tequila oh my god i love that i can sit on his biceps cute but ryan reynolds can make me laugh right and laugh and laugh and laugh maybe and we'll even we'll, we'll let blake lively come along maybe Dwayne the rock johnson i'd like pop into that little black turtleneck just for the shit and giggle of it like oh my god i can like sit on his fanny pack yes <gasps> cute <gasps> oh. <laughs> um, that's where we keep the tequila <laughs> <laughs> then there we go um okay it's settled and then this one i'm really excited for because uh it's a big old surprise but Allie. <laughs> okay. Would you rather someone see all the photos in your phone or read all the text messages in your phone? I would disappear. (laughs) (laughs) That is horrible. It's really bad. I think I would say texts. Uh, No. Well, who's the person? Maybe photos. I don't know. I think it doesn't matter what. It matters who. See, the thing is... um, Okay, it's not an immediate family member, so it's not anything that, like, you'd turn beat red if they just saw, like... I don't know, a random photo of your grocery receipt and it had condoms on it. Like, nothing like that. But, like, a random stranger. But someone who knows all of the players that you're talking about if they read through your texts. Hmm. Do they sign a non-disclosure? No. <laughs> they can tell anyone anything they want. No! All my pictures? No! Yes. All my texts? No! I know! <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably uh, go with the text over the photos. Um... I'm opposite. I'd probably rather go with the photos. 
Nothing they're going to see in my photos is something that, like, couldn't be seen otherwise. Because you have an app for that? Yeah. <laughs> you know that. I don't um, know. I don't feel like I do anything bad, but there's just a privacy thing. I know. And that's why, like, photos, if I'm taking a photo of it with my phone, it's photo worthy. Either it's funny or it's something I need to share or um, it's, like, one of the gross like how do I look in this from that angle and it's ugly like whatever they've seen me they're going through my phone they've probably seen the same ugly angle like that's fine um my texts though those are for me and like some things I don't know more than I and this is gonna sound weird but more than I value my privacy of my phone like I want other people's stuff to be private too like can I like purge some things from my phone (laughs) no as is right now right right the second oh no uh it's all bad. If it was you, you could see either. Oh, yeah. No, I'd give you my phone right now. But Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. Uh, my middle school principal? <laughs> Neither. I have no idea who that even is, so go ahead. Take it. <laughs> Read it and weep. I have no idea. <laughs> Any principal I've ever had. I No, I don't care. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Although... I'm really bad when it comes to deleting texts. Like, I never delete texts. I think it's so shady when people do because it's... Like, if I were getting error messages like I did when I had my flip phone... Yes. Uh, yeah, I would delete, you know, the 10 that I had. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to anymore. No. And the other thing is, like, sometimes it's fun. I want to know what I said in 2017 on October 2nd. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but also, I just don't think about it. So I delete them when my phone needs space. But then they're also on my computer. So I have a backlog on my computer and that's got like ample space. So I don't think I've deleted anything on there in years. Like I think I have relationships worth of text messages on my laptop. Oh my God. I should probably get rid of those. Um, No, I think it would be if you did. (laughs) I think I have gotten rid of most of those. I don't know. I just, I feel weird keeping that stuff Mm. afterwards. It's a different life. It's true weird so anyway guys that was our fun little sigh of relief it's been a whole hell of a week huh hasn't it so if you guys wanted to see any of the resources that we highlighted tonight the, the pictures we're talking about put a face to the name you can hop on our instagram to do that ali where could they find that you would find us over on instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods between all of the words and yes i did say words because the four is a word so it's about dot time dot four dot true dot crime dot pod damn that's a long instagram yes and then for our email because we would love for you guys to email us cases you want us to cover topics you want us to talk about pictures of any pet that you have my goodness i need pet pictures um your answers to the would you rather would you would you have a drink with the rock or would you go with ryan reynolds or would you want to just like triple date with us yeah oh my gosh triple date you guys oh that's so cute okay Ah. let us know it better be that option but whatever you could do that email that to us with your phone or the internet or any email server of your choosing or and the internet okay yeah no uh you won't do it on the internet on your phone mm. that makes too much sense so Correct. you couldn't do that yep. but you would just open up that little app mm. open up that little website and you would address it to about time the number four tc at gmail.com mm. so a-b-o-u-t-t-i-m-e numeric four tc like true crime at gmail.com I love that. We would love to see you guys there. Yes, and we'll respond to you. Don't be shy. 
please. We see you. We see you. And obviously, if you've emailed, you know. So. Oh, yes. Love you all so much. Love Hope you, you have a great so day. Much. And if I take a quick look at my watch, that was about, about time, time for true crime. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.